Okay, Larry, it's time for the theme song. If you like to talk to tomatoes, yeah. if a squash can make you smile, if you like to waltz with potatoes, up and down the produce aisle. Have we got a show for you? Broccoli, celery, gotta be veggie tails, llama beans, collard greens, peachy king, veggie tails. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Where's Pod When I'm Scared, a podcast where everyone pillages. Uh, I'm Ashley, your captain on this voyage. And I'm joined by my first mate, Luke. Uh, yeah, everyone pillages. Uh, uh, definitely I do. <laughs> now you ain't giving anything back, are you, Luke? No, no, God, I would never give anyone anything. Except a, yeah. except a black eye when I took their, their coins. We've got a guest. Uh, yeah, we got a guest. Anyone get introduce me, or do I introduce myself? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind I of assuming Ashley would, because she kind of does the introductions, but then she uh, didn't. Yeah, this is Lexi, <laughs> our guest. Hi. Um, I so I've been kind of thinking lately. Maybe like, what if instead of taking things from people, we gave things to people? What the fuck are you talking about? I, what I the don't. Fuck? I don't know. It's just. It's just a you know a different way to do things for a we change. We invite you, know? you into our home, out. and this is what you do. We you we invite you into our boat, and this is how you repay us. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. I'll just. Uh... <laughs> hey, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <sighs> Lexi, what the fuck's your deal with God? Luke, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, yeah. So growing up, I didn't really think. My family was religious. Um, like we went to church every Sunday, and like I was in church choir and like church youth stuff and whatever. But like, that's kind of just what everyone did. Like I grew up in a small town in the Midwest. Sure. There are like ten churches in our like single square mile town. <laughs> um. So yeah, it, ch- church was just kind of a background component of my life and like we didn't really talk much about religion stuff at home like we had some like i had some religious children's books i had like a children's bible but like we had you know like my parents watched the simpsons and stuff so it's not like it was like when i thought of church people i thought of people like the flanderses where it's just um you know nothing but stuff like veggie tales and sean the sheep or whatever but sean the sheep religious I don't know. I thought it was, but I don't. I've never actually seen it. I don't know what Sean the Sheep is. I'm googling it. It's it's done by the same guy who did uh, Walls and Gromit. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Like if you told me that, like I wouldn't like go like I, I it would make sense, but I'd be like, I oh, might okay. Be, I mean, I might be complaining with something else, but like anyway, like it, we were allowed to watch more than PBS, for instance. Um. But, like, like for me growing up, like, I went to Bible school and, like, a religious summer camp every summer. And as I started getting older, I started to kind of get this feeling of, you know, I'm not really connecting with any of this stuff. Like, 
I don't really, I didn't really have a problem with the Bible. Like, I mean, I had some problems with it because I think everyone sure. does at some point. It's a, it's a big messy book. There's a lot to unpack, but um, like it was just a lot of like stuff where I was reading, you know, reading things and thinking about like the overall overall themes and like the you know the the moral focus of the teachings and then thinking about how stuff was approached in any of the like church contexts I'd seen it. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't feel like this is really, this is really making sense with what I'm getting from this reading. And like some of it was because there was so much, there were so many churches and like church was just such a big background part of everyone's life. Um, there's a big community aspect to churches, which means there was also a big like click aspect mm. to church. Like uh, the church I went to growing up was heavily connected with the Christian private school in town. And a lot of the families who were like went there were kind of the like core social group at that church. And that would did not include my family. <laughs> Gotcha. So, you know, I was kind of mm. felt a bit like an outsider or a bit like, you know, I didn't like quite jive with these people. And so, I I mean, I went through all the, you know, normal stuff. I got baptized at 18, like I assume everyone does. And, um... Did they do it in a kiddie pool? No, it was just, uh, we just got up. I think they had, like, a basin of water and they, like, splashed a little on us. I don't know. Oh, Sure. Anabaptists are weird. But yeah, I kind of just like when I graduated and went to college, I just kind of stopped going to church and never really looked back. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. Like I had I don't think I ever went through an atheist phase, but I definitely had a phase where I'm like, yeah, I don't know about any of this stuff. Like I don't mm-hmm. I think people are kind of dicks about it sometimes and saying, oh, yeah, I know this is all fake and you're an idiot if you believe in that. Like, I'm not going to go that far. Sure. But. I definitely don't like the way a lot of organized religion stuff plays out. Yeah, I, th- I think that's reasonable. And so that was kind of my first discovery that the rest of my family is a little more religious than I am. Sure. Uh, because they were, my parents in particular, were very concerned about that. Um, they They did not like that I wasn't going to church. Yeah. And... I kept just trying to tell him, yeah, it's like, you know, you know, it's not like I don't believe. It's just, you know, it's kind of a private thing for me. I don't really like the the communal aspects of it. Like, I've never really connected with that. Right. And, you know, they didn't really press it, but I could kind of tell that they that continued to bother them. Sure. Uh, but it was just kind of one of those things where, we, you know, we just kind of let it go. Um, then I came out as trans. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I learned just how and there were, religious. There were no problems, and everyone was fine with it. Yeah, no, yeah, of course, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, no, I discovered that uh, my parents, my my mother in particular, are a lot more religious than I ever thought, and just she just never really uh, showed it when we were growing up, which is kind of yeah. weird to me. But like, yeah, um, yeah, it's become a lot more apparent. I don't know if. She's been more overt with it on purpose lately, or if it's just one of those coincidental things where, like, she's been getting more overt with it, and then also this happened. Yeah, yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I just, I look at how so many churches are, like, I don't want to knock church. I know a lot of people get a lot of, get a lot out of it, and, like, yeah. my big thing on churches is they are a form of community, and, like, any community, you can have good experiences or bad experiences. Definitely. That are, and, like, I... I would say even irrespective of denomination or um, like location you're living in, like it's possible to find people you connect with and people you like at a, any church theoretically. Definitely. Um, I've just I've just never had that experience, and I look at a lot of the churches that I have experienced, and so much of it seems so caught up in trying to establish social rules that don't really connect to me with the overarching idea of loving our neighbors and um, trying to support and connect with other people. Yeah. Um, A lot of it feels like trying to create barriers between us, the good Christians and the other people. Yep. Um, I would say some of it is misguided into thinking that it's being helpful or good, and that it's not necessarily saying we should exclude other people, but in trying to seeing other people as a you know lost sheep that need to be brought into the flock to right. use a common uh, it, you know a common analogy there where it's it's still it's othering people who aren't of your not just your faith but of your specific interpretation of the faith. Yeah. In a way that really kind of robs them of agency and doesn't look at them as having maybe unique perspectives because they come from unique circumstances that are different from yours. And yeah. I just kind of I just kind of decided I want to wash my hands of the whole thing. Um that's, I I've taken That's reasonable. Yeah, I've taken a lot of my like own personal philosophies. Um, like, I try to live by pacifist uh, tenets. Um, I, you know, I structure a lot of my own morality around you know taking care of the people who need taking care of the most. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes that's, oftentimes that's my friends and, um, I guess found family. Uh, sometimes it's just you know donating to various fundings for people because we live in a hell world. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but, like, I I tried to take what resonated with me from the Bible and kind of weave that into my everyday life, and I feel like I've gotten a lot more out of that spiritually than I ever have from an actual, like, proper structured Christian experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, on paper, in theory, I think being a part of a church could be really cool. I have not ever found one I'd want to be a part of. Yeah, like, the the closest I've come is just having discussions with other religious people, like, on an informal basis. Like, I had a Bible study for a while that was kind of cool. I've mm. gotten in some Twitter conversations with, like, you sure. about it. And, yeah, I'm like, very to interesting. Me, yeah, to me, that... <laughs> I mean, I think you've got a lot of good perspectives, and to me, it's just... Being able to exchange just, you know, thoughts and feelings about that stuff with people on, like, a personal level is a lot more fulfilling to me than listening to somebody else tell me how I should be interpreting this stuff. Yeah, I remember the last time I tried to, like, 
go to a church with like an honest like, eh, maybe I'll join this. Who knows? I'm, I'm giving it a fair shot. I went to a Bible study after the main service, and the guy's whole like lesson plan for the day was like, well, you see, what you need to understand is that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And that sounds contradictory to us, but it's that's what they decided at the Council of Nicaea. And if you don't believe in that, you're not a Christian. The rest uh, of it's mm, secondary. Mm. You have to believe. That's what it says in the the what the whatever creed. I'm blanking on the name of it. Like oh, the Nicene is, Creed. There we go, Nicene Creed. Yes, thank you. Like so, uh, uh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, that started out really interesting because like the theological implications of that both from a how is this possible perspective and from a what does this mean perspective are fascinating. And like, that's a right. fun thing to discuss. Absolutely. But just being like, hey, here's this wild thing. Uh, don't question it. It's just the way things are and you'd better accept it. That right. sucks. It's like believing in this is what it means to be Christian. I'm like, uh, uh. I don't agree. <laughs> and then he went on to talk about how uh, the Bible says that you should uh, – use like communion kind of as a form of public shaming and not let people participate. If you know that they haven't been uh, like proper Christians and he thinks he's been petitioning the church to instate that. Oh my God. (laughs) Which again, there's a, there's an angle from which I could maybe see that the idea that like, Hey, we have these moral rules and we want to like keep each other honest. I don't want this dingus being in charge of who decides that, though. Yeah, no, that's... Listen, my, <laughs> Listen, my guy, I just want the cracker and wine. Don't fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Although I probably should be the person that, like, yeah, don't. <laughs> I think I've talked about the other big Texas church experience I've had on here with uh, the ACDC cover, right? Yes. Ashley? Yeah, okay. Uh, church is wild. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's your that's what the fuck your deal is with God. What the fuck's your deal with Veggie Tales? Um. Well, I mean, again, growing up with kind of just background Christian experiences, I definitely saw some Veggie Tales. Like the library in my church had some videos you could check out. Um, that were you know a popular sort of like. If you're at somebody's house and they don't want to actually come up with an activity for all the kids to do, just they'll just pop in a Veggie Tales. So like I saw it, I knew it. Um, I definitely didn't watch it uh, <laughs> religiously or anything. Uh-huh. Um, but like I don't know. I saw enough of them to definitely. It was definitely a like. It's in the core of my like childhood culture. Sure. Um. Where, like, you bring up VeggieTales, like, I could sing the theme song. I I know silly songs with Larry. I remember some of the silly songs with Larry. Um, I could tell you some of the, like, stories they did. Uh-huh. Um, there's definitely a lot more of it than I ever realized. Yeah, there's so much of it. Like, I assumed <laughs> it was one of those things that kind of disappeared when web animation started existing. And right. Just, like, because, like, the direct-to-home video thing sort of just completely dissolved after... Shortly after DVDs came, what child prominence. would watch Veggie Tales when they could be watching Homestar Runner? I mean, 
honestly, you'd get more from Me. Homestar Runner. <laughs> <laughs> I was that child. Uh, well, all right then. Are we uh, ready to dive into this one? Yeah, I will say, this is also the first uh, VeggieTales thing that uh, was also on DVD and video. Ooh. Ooh. So speaking of that, you know, rise yeah. of prominence to DVD. Right. The the first, you know, if this one came out on DVD, why is the only version on YouTube such bad quality? Because uh, DVD ripping technology didn't get good until well after this. Uh, wrong. The answer is that if I had looked at the second video, it's much higher quality. But the first <laughs> result is is bad. <laughs> Yeah, I just accepted the link you sent me, like, yeah. sight unseen. I did not bother looking myself. I just went back to the search results, and no, there's a much higher quality version of Lyle the Kindly Viking directly next to the low quality version I sent all of you. I'm going to be honest, yeah. though. Only having really experienced VeggieTales through the magic of VHS, this right. felt more right to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Lyle the Kindly Viking. It's the last episode uh, before the movie. Uh, according to the Big Idea Wiki, it's it's a whole episode of Lass. Apparently, the Larry's voice is going to change next time. He won't have the lisp anymore. Man, I must not have seen a lot of VeggieTales then, because this is exactly how I remember Larry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, this is all new to me at this point. <laughs> Uh, I think they also said the Silly Songs with Larry title card is gone after this. What? <gasps> or at least the old title card, maybe it just gets an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does get uh, destroyed in this one. That's true. Man, end of an era. Yeah, yeah. And you're here You're here with us to shepherd it in. Uh, so we which, open up. Which, trump- I, I did which trumpet? This- which trumpet is this one represented <laughs> by? No, <laughs> oh, I don't remember what trumpet is what. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't actually... I don't remember what any of the trumpets do. Insert revelations joke here. There's a the moon turns to blood at some point. There's a well, yeah, that yeah that happens anytime the memory needs to be recycled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is a little like trick that they did. There's like, they, like put it in with the lore. Listen, so there, nice. listen. There's like seven trumpets and seven seals and seven bowls. There's there's a. Revelations has got a lot of shit going on in it. It's hard to it's, keep it up. Mm-hmm. It's, literally, it's literally a fever dream. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of fever dream, I did watch this uh, in the like brief hours I was awake last night. Great. <laughs> while I was sick, so this is going to be real good. Real excited. Uh, I guess I guess let's let's jump on in. So we're starting off kitchen counter like a normal episode. Nothing strange. Yeah. Uh, honestly, from what you guys have been talking about the evolution of the kitchen counter segments, yeah, it just being a normal kitchen counter s- segment kind of seems strange to me. Yeah, you know they they're this is kind of a back to basics episode in a few ways. Uh. Let's see. So apparently they held a poll on BigIdea.com for what topic VeggieTales needed to cover, and sharing was the winner. Uh, Damn, a lot of selfish-ass kids watching VeggieTales, I guess. 
And uh, yeah, so that's why this is an episode all about sharing. Uh, Larry has a dumb joke about like, yeah, oh yeah, what do we share? Why do we share? Who do we share with? What happened to Sonny and Cher? <laughs> Good joke. Decent joke. <laughs> no kid would understand that joke. No, 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 no. Uh, that that's for uh, the parents to acknowledge. Yeah, <laughs> like not like laugh at, but go like, oh yes. Oh yeah, it, it's for the parents to laugh at, but to laugh at the fact that their kids don't get it. Well, the kids like what? Ah, <laughs> uh, you you don't get it. You're young. <laughs> um, but they're getting ready to set up with the the story they've got. But then Archibald comes out. And uh, pulls some of uh, the most producery bullshit he has in a while. Since firing Larry, at the very least. Because he just decides that he can do this better. Yeah, just... And Larry just goes, it's about sharing, Bob. Right, so Bob's like, I... Okay. I really laughed Well, you got me there! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... Larry, yeah, well, his, like, Archibald's uh, issue is that last time they let the Gords do their own thing, and now he wants a turn. Which is, uh, you know, the slippery slope. As soon as you let the help start, you know, <laughs> making creative decisions. Right. Well, he's the producer. Well, yeah, but the Gords were the help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Archibald has enlisted the French peas and setting up his uh, set, which is just a cardboard fireplace and a big leather chair. And, uh, yeah, they, they turn the lights down on the kitchen counter, and he's just like, Oh, boy, I'm going to show you a play by Shakespeare. I'm going to be honest. This bit only works when Cookie Monster's doing it. <laughs> Wait, which bit? Monsterpiece Theater. Oh, I see, I see. Well, yeah. this is... <laughs> Lexi, this is Monster Peas Theater. Mmm... Uh-huh, uh-huh, thank you, thank you Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that silence really came through <laughs> Just added a couple echoey coughs <laughs> I just did, woo The distant but, creaking of my chair Right uh, But the, the peas have goofed it They do not have the script for Hamlet Instead the, they have the script for Omelette But it's probably the same it, the peas look bumpier in this. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's weird. Well, it's the show's been going on for a little bit. They're starting to dry out. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no, no dry when peas. They, when we come back after the movie, they're going to be way smaller. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, we open on Horatio's cafe. the The core uh, tension in omelet is that there's no eggs left. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's still weird that there are eggs at all. Yeah, yeah. I know you I'm, guys have been into it, but like... No, sure, oh. but it's... Yeah. They they don't show a chicken, they just show the eggs. Also, I'm noticing that Horatio, the chef, has a cardboard cutout of a carton of three eggs. Yeah, which, yes. which only strikes me as odd, because later in the play they will have real eggs. 
It's fine. So, it's fine. so you see what's happening here is this starts out as a just theater production and then somehow it becomes real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jimmy or Jerry, whichever the fucking one this one is, I don't care. <laughs> uh, he's Omelette, and he's doing, like, it, listen, he's doing a lot of Hamlet dialogue, but with egg puns. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want and from at, me. At first, it almost seems like the peas are Hamlet. Uh, yeah, I guess in that first scene, sort of, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it, look they, had, they had a whole binder full of material of what if Hamlet was about eggs. Right. And they didn't really bother to try and make it all make sense. They just got to get it out there. Like the, the chef brings out fucking an omelet he made with those last three eggs and omelet says, alas, poor yolks, I, I'll chew them well. You get it? Yeah, that's get the, it? That's what I have a hard time believing kids would find this funny. No, like I didn't. <laughs> the only, the only humor here is in recognizing, like it's a pun. The only way it works is if you know the context of the joke. <laughs> right. Like what fucking kids know Hamlet? Like I don't know Hamlet all that well. I feel like there were there were bits of dialogue that were delivered like puns that I'm pretty sure are supposed to be puns that I did not get. <laughs> uh. Mr. Lunt is playing the role of Ophelia because back in Shakespeare's day, all the parts were played by men, even the women. He's not happy about it at all, and this no, sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it's one of those jokes that, like, VeggieTales likes to do, which not specifically transphobic, but. Right. <sighs> like, a lo- lot of vegetables in this cast of crazy cartoon characters, and they did pick the one with facial hair. Mm <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, the whole thing is that these are the, that omelet is the last eggs in the kingdom, and how can Hamlet eat them when the whole place is going hungry? And now he's in a real moral conundrum. He's in a real egg pickle. He says to eat or not to eat, and egg pickle sounds disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, pickled eggs are a pretty common thing actually i am aware of that i will say a pickled egg sounds better than an egg pickle no you know what, what you're right you... you're right that's egging a pickle i don't know how you do that but that's yeah what like what if you bit into a pickle and just the core of it was like yolk what if you cracked an egg and just pickled cucumber came out <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, somehow Bomlet ends up outside where a kid's playing Battleship, and he plays Battleship with him so they can do a joke where he goes like, 2B, not 2B. Ha. Uh, Pro- I guess by default, the best Hamlet joke they got in this thing? I feel like every possible riff you could do on 2B or not to be has been driven into the ground at this point. I'm not arguing, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, it, it sucks that this first part is bad, Yeah, I like the rest of this episode actually a fair amount. The rest of it's okay. Uh, but yeah, this first part kind of drags. Uh, they do, like, it turns into, like, the, the little boy P wants a bite of the omelet, and, uh, Hamlet's like, uh, you know, okay, I guess. 
They have been describing this omelet as light and fluffy over and over and over again. And it makes the biggest crunchy <laughs> when he takes a bite of it. It's like he bit into just a stale cracker. Well, yeah, it's it's a stage omelet. It's... <laughs> You gotta play it to the back. Also, right. they are incapable of actually animating an omelet that looks light and fluffy. Like this well, looks. Sure. This is a very flat omelet. Doesn't look like a great omelet. <laughs> I, I'll say this: I I did a lot of um, sick in bed dissociating while watching this part. Great. I was like, just gonna let my mind water on this one. Just gonna <laughs> look at me from above for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, they get to a point where the Hamlet's like, ah, you know, I've learned my lesson. I'm going to share my eggs from here on out. And then the chef comes out. He's like, no, there are no eggs to share, dummy. (laughs) There's not enough to go around. Which, eh, it's for little kids. I guess I shouldn't expect them to actually deal with that question. of like, well, how do you you fairly distribute a limited resource? That's probably a little too advanced for VeggieTales. Uh, the actual conflict resolution is they've got plenty of eggs. They just thought they were ping pong balls, and they've been smashing them on a ping pong table. At which point, womp, at which womp. point, I was like, "Well, that makes it makes more sense for them to not know what eggs are than to have eggs." <laughs> like yeah. I would if if like chickens weren't a known quantity on this show previously, I'd be like, "Yeah, actually, you know what? Why would they know what eggs are?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are chickens a known quantity on the show? Have chickens showed up? I th- no. I swear it's been mentioned. I don't know if we've seen one. It's well, I guess the only thing I was thinking was the only bird we have confirmed to exist in the VeggieTales universe is penguins. And are these penguin eggs? Hmm. Possible. Are penguin eggs good to eat? Write in. VeggieTakes at gmail.com. I don't know. Please don't. Uh, physically good or morally good? If you have eaten a penguin egg, I want to hear about it. Exactly, yeah. Write in for that one. Don't fucking make shit up. Don't write me any dumb lies. I just want to know if anyone out there has eaten a penguin egg. If there's any Arctic explorers who got desperate one cold night under the Aurora Borealis and had to chomp a nice penguin sphere, I want to know. I wonder, I wonder if penguins are good to eat. Hmm. Hmm. Like they're, they're I'm like they're designed for cold weather, so you'd think there'd be a lot of fat there, which is typically good for the flavor of meat. Yeah, but it, it'd be like more blubbery fat. It almost might be too much, you know. Yeah. Like you don't like, like no like whaling is a thing, but you don't like make whale steaks. You know, they're hunted for other stuff. Man, that's a waste. Think about how much steak you'd get off a whale. I mean, but it's all like that, like ambergris, right? Like they make like it's all it's too like oily. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Like I don't have anything. For all that. all that like whales are good for right now in terms of like hunting is for uh, powering stuff and dishonored. <laughs> That's why they can't make Dishonored 3, because whales are endangered. Yeah. 
Uh, well, you know, listen, uh, the Jonah movie is the next episode we're covering. Maybe that'll teach us some whale facts so we can circle back to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the whole segment ends with... Uh, it shows Larry and Junior in the audience, and Larry's like, did you get any of that? And, Larry, and Junior's like, nope. Yep. That went wide the fuck over my head. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, if the final punchline of your cartoon short for children is that it wasn't funny or comprehensible for children? Maybe rethink it. Eh, they are they already Listen, were too that far is gone. What, that's what you insert in after focus testing reveals kids don't understand this, but it's too late to develop a new eight-minute segment. Right, yeah, yeah. That segment was eight minutes, and it felt like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I kept on, like, looking through it, like, oh, well, like, this is about to be done. Right. But, like, no, this is... They had a minute's worth of, like, actual bit here. And I was so sure this was going to be one of those things where somebody comes in and interrupts it. Like, Archibald just like, no, what is this? This, is, this isn't Hamlet at all. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Uh, it cuts to Silly Songs with Larry, but Archibald isn't having it. In Not this, this fucking time. In this Silly Songs with Larry title card, he does have a rubber chicken in his pocket. Oh, you're yeah, you're right. Well, is it a rubber chicken? Maybe it's just a plucked chicken. I don't. Maybe he's gonna bite oh. the head off it. I don't know. It does have a rooster comb. I was gonna ask, is it a rubber penguin? But it clearly has a comb. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, yeah, Archibald wants nothing to do with Larry's clown antics. Instead, he uh, insists on doing classy songs with Larry. And I'm a little confused, because this seems exactly like a silly song. Yeah, no, this is a lot sillier than I was expecting. Like, when they did Love Songs with Mr. Lunt, like, it was a funny song, but it was, like, it it was a different style, you know? (laughs) This this could just be a silly song with Larry. Uh, I do say I do like this song a lot. Yeah, it's it's one of the better ones they've yeah, done. Yeah, I mean it's set it's set to a like classic Italian song, like Yeah. Yeah, the the Spider-Man pizza theme. Yes, it's the Spider-Man pizza theme. It's also Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's <laughs> A white feather descends from heaven onto Larry sitting on a park bench with a box of chocolates. It sure does. I didn't I I I knew they were doing a riff, but I didn't put together that it was Forrest Gump, and I'm really mad. What a weird choice, (laughs) because because that one aesthetic similarity is where the, like, riff ends. It's got nothing to do with, like, it's not about Larry flashing back to other things in his life. It's not about, like, inserting Larry into world history. What if they had Larry the Cucumber talking to Lyndon B. Johnson? (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I gotta go pee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Larry was just so good at ping pong that he, you know, whatever. Yeah, he was the first one to use a ball and not an egg. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, it, it's really a pretty reactionary movie in the way that uh, uh, can't think of any girl veggie tale to uh, substitute in for Jenny here. Never mind. Joke abandoned. (laughs) There's Madame Blueberry, and that's it. And her character doesn't fit Jenny well enough. Laura the Carrot. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is who is Esther? 
Oh, yeah, Esther. She was just her. Esther, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, joke abandoned. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am, like, wrestling with the parachute I deployed to get out of that joke like a puppy <laughs> stuck under a blanket. Oh, this is... Oh, this is... The bit wasn't abandoned. You just changed course midway through. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Larry has a fancy silk top hat, and he's singing about it to all the people coming by. He's waiting for the trolley to pick him up. Uh, Art Bugatti, the guy from Junior's dad's collector's plate, is uh, here. That's all right. Yeah, and also the Queen Amidala person from uh, oh, yeah, the from last Esther, episode. Yeah, and she just gives some accordion accompaniment. Uh, but yeah, then the sun comes out, and he's getting hot under his hat. And his chocolates are melting. So he has to put the chocolates down and put his hat on top of them. But then a big old fat gourd comes and sits on him. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. And then the trolley comes and picks up everybody. But Larry's too sad to get on because his hat's ruined. Yeah. They Did the uh, Queen Amadola have like a twitchy eye in the Esther short? Yes, I believe Did so. Did she? Okay. I thought, I think maybe I assumed it was because she was like belting out the song she was singing. But she just does that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing to do. Uh huh. Well, I don't know. It's a weird thing for them to have her do, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean more of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the. I think my favorite joke on VeggieTales in a while happens at the end of this, though. I, yeah, I have questions about this. Because the lead shallot comes up in, like, with, like, an old-timey, like, janitor's, like, wheelie dustbin to pick up Larry's ruined hat and chocolates. (laughs) And Larry tries to talk to him, and he realizes he doesn't know his name. And the shallot just leans into him and goes, they never gave me one. I've been here from the first episode, and they've never given me a name. So, Luke, and I Luke, I have questions about what this means for the VeggieTales universe. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Okay, so... I, Silly Songs with Larry is obviously just, like, a show Larry puts on, right? Right. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'm sure people play parts or whatever. For the most part, it's just them. Right. This is implying this guy actually doesn't have a name because nobody gave him one at the start of VeggieTales. Which makes me wonder, did any of the vegetables exist before VeggieTales started? Well, I think this is getting into the, uh, you know, uh, ouroboric nature of the VeggieTale universe and our own. Just two snakes eating each other's tails. I think they created each other. Mm. I my suspicion oh. is that Luke, you're just turning Luke, you're just turning this into Homestuck. Yeah, I did just invent new that's not something we established until I just said it right then, huh? <laughs> I, I think I just had a divine vegetable revelation. <laughs> did you see Vegetable God? The Phil Vischer in our world created the VeggieTale world, and the vegetable Phil Vischer created our world. Okay. <laughs> and we still the show has to end with us you us becoming Larry and Bob somehow. Right, yeah. Well, there you go. 
Well, I mean, so if the two worlds created one another, aren't you? Wouldn't you just be this universe's Larry and Bob? Junior Spirit just sits down at his Christian <laughs> bookstore. There's just recordings of this podcast. <laughs> You know, given the their willingness to do meta jokes so far, yeah. I could foresee a world where if this podcast somehow crossed the paths of the people creating VeggieTales now, yeah. I could see that happening. Uh, I think they'd be too mad at us. <laughs> oh, no, I'm assuming none of them will ever take the time to listen. <laughs> it's just oh hey here's a podcast about our show it seems pretty popular let's shout it out if we ever get popular enough to actually be on the radar of someone who produces veggie tales then uh you know they can fucking say what they want we won <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i hope that uh they put the veggie tales twitter on <laughs> So the only other possible explanation I have for this VeggieTales, and I don't know enough about Cats the Musical to actually get into this. I love where you're starting. <laughs> um, he's implying that names have to be given to you when you become a part of VeggieTales. Apparently. Yeah. So is is this a matter of, like, he isn't, worthy of being a part of the vegetable world. I mean, I don't think so. He's there all the time. But he wasn't given a name and he's only ever in the like he's only ever background stuff. No, he's usually like one of the main villains when he shows up. Hmm, okay. Okay. He's, he's yeah, he's he, him and Mr. Nezer are like the two bad guys they go to a lot. Mr. Nezer yeah. more so these days, I guess. He's kind of gotten replaced. Anyway, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is all the veg- vegetables on VeggieTales should have a, like, 20-minute sequence where they introduce themselves and do some bizarre, like, voguing. Yeah, no, I, well, how would they vogue, though? They, they're wearing gloves, <laughs> love, and it's just like I Rayman. I I just brought Lexi just to total <laughs> silence with my question. Listen, I'm not an animator. That's not my problem to figure out. <laughs> I just, just say the ideas, arm, girl. Arms are a big part of voguing, is the thing. Listen, this they is, are in fact the part. Listen, <laughs> this is not the first time they have let activities that require arms get in the way of them doing something on this show. Yeah, but you're not holding something when you vogue, generally. Listen, 20 minutes of watching a vegetable kind of just undulate in place. You can fill in what's happening. All right. Great. Yeah, it's just um, it's just Larry wiggling. Great. Now I'm trying to imagine, like, adjacent to voguing, Larry doing, like, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure pose. <laughs> just what if the vegetable version of voguing is just, like... Compressing and contorting your entire body in weird ways. Yeah, yeah. I am also now trying to figure out what Larry the Cucumber stand would be. Of course you are. <laughs> it, it's one of the silly songs, would right? It just be one of his silly ah, I songs. Like, I think like that's breaking the rules of. I think like you'd be breaking the rules to be his own song. It's got to be some Christian rock song. 
I, I don't know enough about Christian Rock to really... I don't either. <laughs> I mean, this this seems maybe a little on the nose and a little, like, bonkers in scope, but, like, awesome god. Yeah, that does seem like a big one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a song from Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, I I, I feel like... There's no mm, way the, yeah. the, like, Veggie Tales version of Christianity likes Jesus Christ Superstar. I was gonna say, yeah, I feel like that takes a little too many artistic liberties with uh, the Jesus story. Uh, the Veggie Tales version of it is Jesus Christ Superstar. <sighs> what? That's not even... <laughs> No, 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 you know what? Talk me through how this goes, Ashley. <laughs> Explain to me the vegetables. plot of, veggie, of Jesus Christ Superstore. Because they're all vegetables in the store. Uh-huh, and? It's basically a uh, sausage fest. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> We're just really making a lot of people speechless on our podcast, we, we, which is not great for audio. We get to the, the main attraction of this episode, <laughs> Lyle the Kindly Viking. Ah, uh, yes, uh, my, my favorite story from the Book of Lyle. The uh, wiki tells me that during like development, this story was called Ivan the Benevolent Viking. <laughs> so they kind of punched that one up. I, I think they kind of punched it down because... I think they just wanted simpler words for kids. Yeah, yeah, I think they wanted simpler words for rhyming in songs, and also Lyle the Kindly Viking has assonance to it that Ivan the Benevolent Viking doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, also, apparently, like the main reason that this is what they made is that their animators needed practice doing uh, rainstorms and oceans because of the Jonah movie. So they're like, ah, we'll do this Viking short. That'll let us do some oceans. Huh. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, I really did like this, though. It, it, they frame it as a lost uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, right. Yeah, Archibald says, like, yeah, Gilbert and Sullivan made one more musical that was lost to the ages before they died. And we've found the script and we're going to produce it for you. Which is an interesting it's... framing device because, again, not really a thing I would expect kids to get. Well, yeah, at least Archibald explains who they were, you know? Yeah, and also it's a pop-up book. Yeah, yeah that is funny. Right. Uh, but yeah, we open on t- the two girl vegetables, the-, the pear and the one lady asparagus. If they have names, uh, they haven't been set I enough for me to the remember lady them. asparagus is ma asparagus. It's not ma asparagus, because ma asparagus doesn't have that English accent. Yes. <laughs> Oh, does, it is, is, the that, white... is, that, is that just her normal voice? Is, is that not a bit for the musical? No, that, that's her normal voice. That's, uh... I don't know if she's Archibald's wife in, like, reality. When they did a Gilligan's Island bit, she was his wife. Hmm, okay. And the Gilligan's Island bit was framed as real events from their real life, so I huh. think it's his wife. It's not, it's not clear. <laughs> they don't really put a lot of thoughts listen, into female listen, characters in this. Listen, can vegetables even be joined in the bonds of holy matrimony? I mean, they can't be saved I, by Jesus Christ, so... Yeah, but they, they they are already living in sin, but I don't think that they would want to add to that. Anyhow. 
<laughs> They're singing about their deadbeat Viking husbands, and meanwhile their deadbeat Viking husbands are singing about the TV they stole from a monastery. I, I thought this was an actually, like, for what they're working with, like, an actually good opening song. Yeah. Like, of, like, if I saw a one-act play about this and this was the opening number, I wouldn't, like, immediately leave them. Yeah, no, it's 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 an all-right opening song. Oh, yeah, we'll grant you that. Uh, at least, you know, they're at least playing at uh, Gilbert and Sullivan's styling, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they, they've... They've pillaged a bunch of gold and a big TV, and uh, they're real... In a suit of armor. <laughs> they're real proud of themselves, but one little Viking didn't uh, participate. I'm sorry, I said one little Viking. I meant one Lyle Viking. <laughs> <sighs> I make a good show. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'm a, yeah. I'm a funny person who entertains people who listen to me. This is a real tired cast, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's very late. Well, it's not very well relative to when me and Lexi normally go to bed. It's pretty late. Yeah, I yeah no, I I'm dragging a little. <laughs> yeah, let's. And I am getting off of being sick. Yeah. Any... So really, we all are just excellent decisions uh, being made tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, but um, I I have I you know I don't want to be contra- do any hot takes here. You know, I want to respect everyone. I really just don't get uh, Daddy Dom Little Lyle relationships. Oh wow, that's where you went, huh? That that was your your bit to get us back on track, huh? That was the decision you made tonight, February fifth at ten eighteen p.m. Central Time, huh? Well, yeah. I'll say this for it: it it may not have really had a good setup, but the payoff sure wasn't worth it. <laughs> Trying to be funny. I know I'm not succeeding. <laughs> uh, Lyle does not go on the Viking raids. Instead, he stays home and makes pot warmers, pot holders. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Really, fucking? We don't have even have hands, idiot! <laughs> you fucking loser! You don't need pot holders when you lift the hot things with telekinesis." Yeah, Do but we listen, even cook? listen, listen, if you're learning how to, like, weave or whatever, pot holders are about the only thing you can make for a couple of years. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, they give him, like, a little tiny scrap of the, uh, the pillagings, since he didn't actually help. Uh, yeah, but I think which Larry honestly says, is don't... weirdly generous of these, like... Self-admittedly selfish Vikings. Right, the whole thing is how the Vikings need to learn to share, but they're already sharing with Lyle. Yeah, um, but Larry does say, like, don't thank us. It's literally the least that we could give you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, it's, they're like some Viking union that... <laughs> right, they have a trade guild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Junior just thanks them. Gathers up uh, his pot holders and his little bag of money and sails off on his tiny little boat. And Mr. Nezer sings. What? It's not as good of a villain song as usual. It's not. No. It's not bad, but I don't know. It's fine. It, it also is extremely oogie boogie. Yeah, yeah. It definitely leaning like, into that. Like all of his time. songs are somewhat oogie boogie. Right. But like, I felt like this one was like, oh, like 
if I I could see him singing this song. Right, right. Uh, Bob and Larry decide to follow him. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, on. you mean what was it, Olaf and Ah, never mind. I don't remember. But they had they have they have <laughs> Scandinavian names. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, they, they they have taken on Viking names. Right, yeah. They put their name in a Viking name generator. Nezer is Olaf. Uh, I think Bob is Otar. I don't remember what uh, what Larry's name was. Sven. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, man, they should have. Yeah. Man, they should have gone with Sven and Ole. It would have been. Uh, <laughs> would have been such a good targeted joke. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Lyle sails off, and uh, Sven and Otar follow him, and it turns out he was going back to the monastery that they ransacked, and uh, he gave them back the little share of the the pillagings that he has, and he's like, listen, I'll be, uh, like, broken on the wheel if I give you any more than this, but I can give you this much at least. How would you break a vegetable on the wheel? I I like I like the bit where they're trying to follow uh, Lyle. <laughs> yeah, where they're, they're that's like, me playing. Where uh, we start by just seeing them, where Larry's like, uh, where they're like, okay, we gotta get we gotta get close. No, no, you're too close. He's gonna see. Oh, yeah, but no, but we're gonna lose him. And then it pans out to show that they're like ten feet behind him. Yeah, man, people kill us in real fucked up ways to kill people back in the day. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, back when you didn't have a whole lot else for entertainment, that's that's pretty much it. Getting broken on the wheel seems like a bad time, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Please don't smash uh, my limbs with a wagon wheel. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean you wanna you wanna control a populace coming up with horrific ways to kill them if they step out of line is one option. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh I was gonna say that the way that they do this is the way I play every single, like, GTA game when I have to follow someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is very extremely uh, video game. Okay, watch their alertness meter. Yeah, like, you have to stay within this five-foot radius. Right. Can't get Otherwise, too close, but go... can't get too far. Yeah, otherwise it will stop, start beeping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the uh, Pog Grape is, like, the head monk of the monastery, and just a bunch of little peas are the other monks, and there's, like, you know, thank you, Lyle. We'll we'll help you someday. Just you wait and see. There's, uh, We're setting up the future of this episode. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Lyle, yeah, Lyle gives him the his little bit of his earnings and the pot holders, and Pog Grape holds up one of the pot holders and is just like... Uh, well, it's a nice gesture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Sven and Otar confront him when he gets back, and they do a whole musical number about how we're Vikings and bad guys. Stop being a good guy, nerd. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, this is the first time, I think, where I've liked Junior's song. Yeah, yeah. It's not like an amazing song, but given the track record, it's definitely the best he's had. Yes. Uh, and he just explains, listen, you guys get are satisfied by murdering others, stealing their things, and burning down their society. And I'm satisfied make, by giving things back. Yeah, they make it very clear that they just steal. There's no, they just pillage. Right. 
I feel like pillage inherently implies some violence. Pillaging is a specific kind of stealing that involves a lot of additional harm being caused. Yeah, but that all happens off screen. Don't worry about it. No. Yeah. Uh, We don't ever see the monastery that they raided. No, no, no. Just the beach in front of it. Because there's no monastery left left to see. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Bob and Larry think that that's bullshit, but, you know, maybe there's something to it, but they need time to think about it. And, uh, they, they say they won't tell Olaf until later. Uh, Larry has, like, a bit in this where he forgets that he doesn't have to sing everything he says. Yeah, he keeps trying to, he keeps trying to break into really bad songs, and Bob's like, no, dude, just stop. You don't have to do this. Yeah. Yeah, like, this isn't an opera. You can just... Say things normally, right? Uh, so that that's left there, and uh, all the Vikings are headed out for to go, just like hit the monastery again. What they miss? Yeah, like it's apparently it's the only place around yeah, here. Yeah, they just yeah they and, just rob the monastery three times a week. <laughs> yeah, and um, apparently the uh, timer for it has. Redone, so they're gonna just tap on it again. Yeah, the queue popped, and they're going. They're going back in for another run. <laughs> you gotta do your dailies. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, this time they'll get like a an S rank large TV. Right. Uh, the problem though is that Lyle is doing his daily at the same time. Yeah, he's over on the and, island giving them more fucking potholders. <laughs> and like, my God, I don't think. I thought Lyle was going to be, like, selling the potholders to then give money to people. That would make so much more sense. But no, he just keeps making potholders that no one wants. Even if you just stitched them together to make a blanket, Lyle. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. He's stopping these things too early. (laughs) I feel like there must have been a thing where the, like... One of the writers must have gotten a bunch of potholders as a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And been like, these fucking potholders, useless. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Larry and Bob have a whole song where they're trying to distract Nezer from seeing Lyle. Uh, Bob is like, oh, check out these wild fish. You gotta look. And then Larry blows it because he's like, there's like a radioactive rabbit under the water. You got, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, this song's okay. I like it all right. It's yeah. catchy. Yeah. Uh, but Olaf sees and he intercepts Lyle as he's leaving the island and destroys the sail on his boat just as a horrible storm is rolling in. Just at the specific fuck you. <laughs> right. He is like, Mr. Knesser really does the most like, I'm going to leave you to a horrible fate. Right. Uh, they're if even. Like, this wasn't a show where, I mean, basically Deus Ex Machina's are the order of the day. Like he would be a horrific villain. Well, sure, yeah. In one of the first episodes, he burns people alive. Well, yeah. cried. Yeah, he didn't actually successfully burn someone alive. But like only because of act of God. Well, yeah. Yeah, that uh, makes it okay because nobody actually got hurt. Right. Uh, well, and they also do establish, uh, like, he's an actor playing a bad guy in these stories, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, but, everyone uh, seems cool with him in external segments. Right. Uh, but, yeah, the other Vikings are even like, dude, like, I get it. Fuck Lyle, but there is a really bad storm. Maybe we shouldn't hang out and ruin his boat uh, because we're going to die. And uh, Mr. Nezzer's like, nope. Nope. Fuck this child. Yeah, no, like, wait, I'm just, I just need to fuck him up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so their ship gets hit by the storm and is destroyed and they sink. And everyone is gonna die in the ocean. But the monks see uh, their friend Lyle and they're like, we gotta save him. And so, uh, the old man monk throws, uh, one of the peas. Yeah, they, so they find a life preserver and they hand it to, uh, Pa Grape, Monk Grape, whatever. And, um... Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, good. That, well, I'll throw this to him." And then they, then they, sh- and they throw, show him like throwing something. And then he looks over and he's like, "Wait, no, that's, it's there." And what did I throw? <laughs> <laughs> and so then he throws out the uh, life uh, saver to both Lyle and the P, and uh, he brings him in. And Lyle's like, "Hey, listen, you gotta save my other Vikings." Yeah, and. Well, they're like, as they're saving Lyle, the Vikings all go, wow, because Lyle shared with them, they're saving them. Maybe if we'd shared with people, someone would save us. Uh, but then Lyle convinces them, you have to save my friends. Like, yeah, they murder us on, like, the daily. Do we have to? And then Lyle's like, God says to be nice to even the people that, like, are mean to us. And they're like... Yeah, you're right. We are monks. We probably should know that. Yeah. Boy, do yeah. I hate how Which... relevant that is to this week's discourse. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I do feel like there's maybe, I don't necessarily disagree with either lesson being taught there in a vacuum, but they do seem to be a little bit in conflict because part of it is, oh no, we're doomed because we were bad uh, and Lyle is saved because he was good. Yeah, this oh, is no, they can't be a little too real. Right. Yes. Yeah, but it, it's like, oh no, we're facing consequences for our bad actions, and now we've learned our lesson. Oh, there were no consequences after all? Cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't quite know how you yeah, thread no, that yeah, needle. I'm not, yeah, no, I'm not def- saying they should leave the Vikings to die, but... it's Yeah, it's one of those mixed message things where it's like, okay, what's this actually teaching kids? Right. Yeah, I'm. It, it, I'm. I'm not sure what the right revision here would be, but it feels like they didn't quite land on it with this version of the script. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But I, I, I still like that joke. Yeah, sure. Uh, all the Vikings are saved, and they sing a song about how they're going to be friends with the monastery now, and they're going to be Vikings sharers of the sea from now on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Larry sings off key about having to piss, and that's how it ends. I gotta piss. <laughs> Honestly, for a VeggieTales telling of the entire Christianization of Scandinavia, this went pretty well. Don't get ahead of my emails, Lexi. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, it comes up, uh, Archibald realizes this was not, this was a Gilbert and Sullivan, but not the Gilbert and Sullivan, and, uh, immediately starts threatening to destroy the French P's livelihoods, because he's a 
shitty boss and we like we always knew he was he calls them like you people or something i'm just like ah (laughs) boy (laughs) yeah it tells them they'll never work here again and uh while that's going on we get you know the the bible verse song and qwerty gives us a verse from hebrews hebrews 13 16 and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices god is pleased Sure. Uh, it's it's a repeated joke, but um, uh, I always will love uh, stuff where um, like just Larry enjoying the song as Bob is just extremely like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. The 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 bit, and I recall this happening in other ones too, where he tries to like continue with what he's doing after the first part of the song. And then just gets interrupted again, despite knowing that's how the song goes. <laughs> yeah. I, I find that kind of funny. Huh. I'm reading the rest of Hebrews 13 real quick. Huh. Yes. Well, I'm going to start from Hebrews 13, 15, and just go through Wait, to... hold on. Uh, You're giving us this verse with context? Yeah. That's, that's not how you uh, do these things, Luke. I, I got nothing against that verse. Let's see. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess, profess his name. Uh, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Oh, Ooh. boy. <laughs> Mm. Not, I, hmm, have some, I'd like to discuss that one with, uh, you know, listen. What? Sure. Who wrote, who wrote <laughs> Hebrews? Uh, I think tradition holds that it was Paul, but, uh, it's, like, it wasn't, but we don't really know who did. So we just say Paul? I mean, I think we say, like, eh, who knows, anonymous author that people thought was Paul for a long, long time. Have some gripes with this All guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, fuck you, Paul. You're my least favorite Beatle. Uh, That's not true. <laughs> who's your least favorite Beatle? It's John Lennon. Fuck that yeah, dude. John Lennon fucking sucks, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the text does okay. not mention the name of the author, but was traditionally attributed to Paul the Apostle. However, doubt on Pauline authorship in the Roman Church is reported by Eusebius? Modern biblical scholarship considers its authorship unknown, perhaps written in deliberate imitation of the style of Paul. Although the writer's style reflects some characteristics of Paul's writing, there are some differences. I mean, there's definitely a strain of authoritarianism in there that I associate with Paul's work. Yeah, yeah. Paul does have some good stuff. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I'm definitely not throwing out all those books of the Bible, but just about every, like, one of his, like, letters has something in it where I'm reading it, and I'm just like, ooh, yeah. don't like the implications of that. It's complicated, and it was written during a very different time, and, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I mean. I feel, like you, I feel like you can engage with religious text without just accepting it uh, passively. Well, the, the real trick, especially with, like, his letters, is that those were written for a very specific audience under very specific yes. circumstances. And trying to apply them broadly to our day is 
gonna run into some issues. They're definitely not, you know, worthless by any means. But yeah, you have to interpret them in context. They are uh, historical he, documents first. Right. They do... Mm, I don't remember what epistle it's from, but there's one where someone asked him about if Christians need to uh, circumcise themselves, like if they're converting... You know, because Christianity started off as an offshoot of Judaism. Yep. Uh, and his response was that if you think cutting off part of your penis makes you holier, just cut the whole thing off and save everyone some time. <laughs> Like, you know, it was people excluding I'm, others from the Christian church because they weren't circumcised. Sure, is it, sure. You know what? I just wish they'd cut their whole dicks off and save everyone the trouble. You know, I'm pretty I, good. I, I, no, I you can, know, I'm, I'm I, considering the wisdom of this one. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he, might, he might have had a point on that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, do we have questions, Ashley? Um, I forgot to make a question post. Fantastic. Well, I've got one email that I alluded to already. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, this is titled Lyle the Kindly Viking. <clears throat> Dear Where's Pod When I'm Scared, I don't know if I'm right on time or just missed the window to send this. You were right on time. <laughs> but after watching Lyle the Kindly Viking, I found myself thinking about the medieval and renaissance tradition of Christianizing non-Christian figures slash stories. <laughs> yes. Like, for example, because medieval kids were usually taught to read with classical texts like the Enid, I definitely didn't say that right, Iliad, etc., when people got around to retelling those stories, you'd see them adding in portions about how this hero or this king was so good and kind that, that by embodying Christian values before Christianity as, is a thing, God lets them go to heaven anyway, or that their afterlife situation ends up in a hazy but generally positive area. This is all to say, Lyle reminding the monks, monks, of what God wants people to do and what happens to the Vikings in the end, which is ironic since the Vikings did go to Christianity eventually, but didn't exactly stop their pillaging and plundering in the slightest, feels like a modernish echo of that old thing. This isn't to say the other episodes which adapt non-inherently Christian stories don't as well, just this one really crystallized it for me. But also the whole Christianizing pagan stuff and adaptation thing kinda also makes the sharing is good moral feel only half present since Lyle the Kindly Viking uses sharing as a subtle vehicle for conversion since it is through sharing that the Vikings completely change their MO and moral alignment. Hopefully this email doesn't feel redundant or out of left field. Keep up the good work. No, it's fully in our wheel. 100% yeah, no. spot on. Good ass email. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, thank you so much for that. No, I think I think you could really dig into the whole thing of using sharing as like the concept of sharing as a way of imposing your belief system on other people because Yeah. That's pretty much all evangelism is they call it sharing the word of God when in reality yeah. most of it is manipulating and pressuring the word of God. Yeah, it's such a tough thing as as someone who still considers themselves Christian, like, there is really just no way to decouple the idea of evangelizing from uh, all of the horrible things that have been done in the name of evangelizing in the past millennia or two. Yeah, like, the whole thing about becoming Christian but not stopping the pillaging and plundering, that wasn't just the Vikings. <laughs> right, yeah, no, that was everyone. I would argue that's still everyone. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Not, I'm not, I'm going to say not everyone. Well, ab not everyone, absolutely. But, like, the predominant, like, portrayals of 
Christianity within a society pretty much throughout time have always wielded it as more of a club than a olive branch or whatever whatever metaphor you want to use. Yeah, I just do want to be careful to like make a distinction between all Christianity and like white European Christianity. Oh, yeah. No, I'm you specifically know? talking about evangelical Christianity to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's all I've got this time. Well, yeah, that's, I, I really like the email. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, if you have an email, uh, particularly if, uh, you have a correction or elaboration on a scripture thing that I got wrong, because that, that must have happened by now, uh, feel free to send it in to veggietakes at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you're interested in guesting, send it in to veggietakes at gmail.com, especially... If you are someone other than a white Christian or white lapsed Christian, just because we've had a lot of both of those already. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess, are we done here? I think we're done here. All right. Lexi, what do you, what do you got to plug for us? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I'll just plug audioentropy.com. Uh, it's our, our podcast network. You're listening to a show from it right now. Uh, we've got a, ton of stuff we've added a couple new shows recently um and we're seems like we're always getting more stuff so if you like this show there's definitely some other stuff not necessarily in the same subjects but definitely in the same style uh we got a lot of stuff where we watch things and then talk around them uh teenagers with attitude uh which luke has plugged on here plenty of times because he's on it sometimes i'm on that a lot too uh boy i just uh, a couple of Recent ones, uh, Thesaurus Wrecked, where a uh, few people get together to destroy the dictionary or the thesaurus, making it redundant by finding new definitions for words. Um, we've got a role playing podcast, uh, its name I'm blanking on after deciding to try and plug it Stranger's Fiction. Stranger's Fiction. Um, but yeah, I mean, check it out audiohp.com. There's a ton of stuff on there. You're sure to find something you like. Yeah. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find other podcasts I do on AudioEntropy.com. Lexi already mentioned Teenagers with Attitude. I also host Let's Place, a podcast where we objectively rank every video game ever made. Shit, I gotta record one of those soon. Shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, most likely, definitely as you're hearing this, the most recently released episode is our live show from Pack South, which uh, was... Pretty much all of my worst nightmares come true, and yet somehow we made it work. So that was good. Uh, me and Ashley also host uh, Reprise Kids with our friend Molly, where we cover all of Spy Kids. We're already halfway done with it. Much less ambitious project than the previous one. Well, you know, sometimes you gotta give yourself a softball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little break. I guess if you want, uh, you can... I wrote a thing about Kentucky Route Zero the other day. You can find that on my Twitter feed. At a, you know specifically uh, one off side character in Kentucky Route Zero. Yep, yep. Listen, Luke's got God a lot bless of good, you, Ron. Luke's gotten a lot of good thoughts about video games. It's worth the read, I'm sure. I thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, Ashley. What do you want to plug? Um. You can find me at Your Librarian with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. 
Uh, you can find other podcasts such on Audio Entropy, of course, as we've all said, such as uh, it's a podcast after all, but it's about theme parks. And you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Minor and my website at hinacackle.com. Yeah, go there. Yeah. Uh, next week uh, is, or next episode, let's hedge our bets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is uh, going to be about uh, the Jonah movie, Jonah, a VeggieTales movie. Uh, their most ambitious project to date and the one that ruined them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exciting Much like Jonah, they're going to be swallowed Not by a whale, but by financial obligations Which isn't that far from like Jonah either Yeah, yeah uh, But yeah, I, until, until then, I think we're done here Get us out of here, Ashley uh, Until next time uh, God made you special and he loves you very much And so do we So do we so do we.